0: Good morning, everyone. Lee Henson here, president and founder of AgileDad, and it's Friday. It's time for another episode of The Daily Stand-Up. Without any further ado, let's get started. You know, I thought, what better way to kick off our weekend than to talk about a topic that's not specifically Agile, but is definitely relative to the Agile community and something that's important and something that we should all consider. So today, I wanted to talk about something that's hard for many people to chew on, it's a conversation about racial equity and racial equality, and I think it is important because I really do believe strongly that diversity is what lends to really strong Agile implementations. The more diverse a group you have, the better opportunity you have to get different people's opinions and insight and to have just a more powerful approach to the way that you're going to conquer you know, today's world problems. So I think the first question that is on everyone's mind, if, it, if it's not, it should be, is, you know, what exactly is racial equity? So racial equity is about applying justice and a little bit of common sense to a system that's been out of balance. That sounds kind of easy, easy to uh, digest. It's just taking things that have been out of balance for some time and trying to seek some opportunity to get them back in balance. So racial equality occurs when institutions give equal opportunities to people of all races. In other words, regardless of physical traits such as skin color, institutions, uh, and institutions are able to give individuals legal, moral, and political equality. Now, in no way am I trying to say that in every situation things are completely out of balance, but also in no way am I trying to say that everything is in balance either. You know, coming from a rich heritage, having grown up in New Orleans, and you know, I guess looking backwards at my own genealogy line and seeing the the great melting pot of uh, you know ancestry that includes Jim Henson and Josiah Henson and lots of other really cool people. If you go back far enough, even Ivan the Bearded. Don't ask. Uh, it, it's just I think that what you'll discover is that at some point. In our own timeline, we have had an opportunity to extend ourselves to others. And you'll discover that if you find that you're a well-rounded person with really diverse thoughts and features and other things, that, that you've come from a rich blend of people from all over the world that have added value to the character and to the person that you are. And, you know, it took a while for me to realize this through high school and, you know, growing up in the South where there was lots of racial injustice going both ways. There there was an equal amount of, um, of, of racism and racial slurs and criticism that came from both directions. Uh, you know, I grew up in a primarily African American neighborhood and as a young light skinned boy in that neighborhood, you know, I I can definitely say that I, I experienced some discrimination in the opposite direction. But what I can also tell you is that it was probably justified in eyes of equity, you know, and I've, I've certainly seen it the other way. So so the question becomes, how can we as individuals uh, see past this and take off the blinders? And I think the first thing that we need to do is everyone in the world just needs to say, I'm going to take a position today and stop being influenced by outside uh, forces. I'm going to stop coming into things or into situations or thought processes with cognitive bias. I am going to find ways to teach others and to educate myself about what I can do to take a stand and to help everyone feel, you know, like they have uh, an equal part of the pie or an equal share of what's trying to go on. And it's just, it's so hard because there's so many people who want to have a voice when it comes to human rights or social injustice or or differences in education or you know violence that's been imposed upon certain people and while each of these causes are important the approach at which we go to speak about these is also equally important if we come in with you know a very violent riotous attitude towards these things while we might be drawing you know attention the attention that we're drawing is mostly negative attention and it doesn't allow us to be in a position where we can provide an opportunity for conversation but if we are in the spirit of for example the dr martin luther king who really you know took a stand and and had a a definite political following and influence and spoke about racial inequity, or Abraham Lincoln, or I could go down the list with you. You know, th- there are certain ways that we can have our voices heard. And you don't have to be someone who's incredibly popular, or who has a large listening contingency to do that. I think it's just important for us to move beyond diversity and stop looking at all the things that make us different and start looking at all the things that we have in common. Start looking at all of the Moral and political and wonderful things that we can share together to help build and grow uh, ourselves, our businesses, our nation, our families. You know, one of the, one of the best experiences that we had that I can remember was uh, on a trip when my family was relocating from uh, from Salt Lake City, Utah, which is primarily Caucasian. And primarily very conservative, uh, moving back to Louisiana so I could take on a job there for a short time with the Louisiana State Police, a contract job. And, you know, we stopped at a store along the way, and uh, one of my children asked, you know, mommy, mommy, what's wrong with that person's skin? And it was just someone of a different race. And we realized at that moment that the kids had never really been exposed to such diversity, and I felt so bad. Uh, On the way down, it was right around Easter. I'll never forget it. There was an Easter egg hunt at the Mount Zion, Profias on a hill, Baptist, you know, Calgary. you know, Every word you could possibly think of church. And I was like, you know what? We're going to go to that Easter egg hunt. And we did. And we were welcomed with open arms. And those people there were so loving. And they just appreciated so much that we took time out. And, you know, I even went as far as to tell them that I felt so bad because I hadn't taken an opportunity at that young age to explain to my children about diversity and about different cultures and about different peoples. And I think what disappointed me as well was that these weren't things that they had learned about in school either. You know, and I realized that school doesn't replace what you teach your children at home, but it made me realize that I needed to make a concerted effort to teach my family about love and about differences and about not seeing people as, you know, different because of how they appear or what they believe or who they love. And since then, we've had an opportunity to visit, you know, over 50 countries. And what I can tell you is we've seen, you know, poverty. I mean, we've seen poverty in Haiti and in the Dominican Republic, Uh, you know, unlike things you've never seen before. We've seen people who live on islands in the South Pacific and in the mid-Pacific. And and we, we visited cultures like Fiji where it's so rich and the culture and heritage is there. We visited countries like Estonia where it's a giant melting pot. And the one thing that I can say that all those places had in common is that the people were always so pleasant and so beautiful. And I think part of it was just that we, as a human race, stopped looking at differences and started looking at the wonderful, wonderful talents and cultures and things that we could see that help make us, you know, who we are together. And I think that if we look at differences as a tool to grow instead of a tool to divide, if we look at people and recognize that everyone adds value in some way and stop looking at cultural and social bias, if we stop letting the influence of external factors drive us to radical beliefs and if we start looking at just equity and equality and, and just how wonderful and amazing people and countries and cultures can be, there's so much out there for you to learn. Now, I don't fault this to any one person, but what I will say is this. If you don't know enough about something, ask. Find out. Have those difficult conversations. You know, Take your kids and expose them to different cultures and different opportunities. You know, If you've never been to a soup kitchen before, go. One of the things that I can say is when we lose ourselves in the service of others, that's when we find the things that are best in ourselves. So I guess with this message, I just hope that we can set aside all of our social indifferences and and that we can look at each other and just find things that that drive us together. Instead of building walls, let's build bridges. Let's figure out how we can you know be a greater people and how we can uplift each other. You know, how we can intertwine the fabric of our story with the fabric of other people's stories and create a beautiful tapestry called life. And how we can really just dig deep and find something inside ourselves that makes us a better person. And I think that once you discover that you're a good person, it's your responsibility to help your children become good people and contribute to society in a way that helps them uplift others and uplift themselves and be happy for others. You know, be happy for their opportunities and be excited for their acceleration and I think that if we get to that point, that, you know, it should never be driven by tragedy. But the one thing that I, the closing thought I want to remember is from uh, right after 9-11, 2001. You know, we weren't black or white. We weren't tall or short. We weren't Muslim or Catholic. We were just people together. In this country, we were American. And it didn't matter who you were. We just loved our neighbor. And one of what was best for everybody. And I think that's kind of where we need to be again. And I hope it doesn't take, you know, a calamity in order for us to discover that again. But if it does, we have a pandemic on our hands. And I think that's good enough. So I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Daily Stand-Up. We'll see you next week. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.